You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. Hello, everyone. I know you've been waiting for a very long time to be involved with all of the amazing things that we're doing at Rare Drop, and now is the time. We are introducing the Rare Drop Patreon, so if you've ever wanted to get involved with experimental content or being at any of our podcasts early to listen in, well, all of that is available in the new Rare Drop Patreon. Check it out. No, I was actually just not saying anything. <laughs> oh, you uh, that, you were like clap, 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 and I was like, <laughs> wait, what no, 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 not now of all the times. Welcome to episode seventeen, of the old fashioned podcast. Last episode was without Mike, but yeah. Mike has returned to the fold. Um, I refuse to acknowledge that episode because it's Tad. <laughs> the only reason I brought Paul in is because Paul knew about <laughs> Dota, and I was interviewing like, the Dota guy in the entire world. But halfway through, no offense, Paul, I realized I didn't need Paul because we were talking on a really base esports like business conversation. But Paul did add a few questions to it. (laughs) Would have loved to talk about Rainbow Six Siege. That's all I'm going to say. Sorry, dude. It's my own fault. Yeah. Fuck you for having a job and stuff. I know. I know. How dare you provide that voice <laughs> is the voice of Corey Thomas. He is the CEO of High Score Tees. High Score Tees and Rare Drop just entered into a sweet ass partnership. So Corey's making the rounds on all the Rare Drop stuff this week and hanging out with us. If you want to hear him talk about business and whatnot, go listen to Ben's podcast from from Thursday. That is up now. If you want to hear a little bit looser conversation, keep listening to this show. Um, yeah, we don't want to repeat content. Oh, right. It's gross. That would be lazy. <clears throat> and who wants to listen about business, right? <laughs> Nobody wants to hear three bald men ask you a bunch of questions about business. So. Um, how you doing, bud? Good, good. It's uh, it's early, and uh, ready to rock and roll. This is not. Hey, early. hey, hey, hey! Happy Valentine's Day. It is Valentine's it Day is. when we're recording this. Yeah, we celebrated last night. We rented a movie theater and watched Raiders of the Lost Ark, and it was amazing. That is a phenomenal idea. Yeah, yeah you was, can do that down here. Yeah, that's awesome. Like a hundred bucks, good to go. Some dude on yes. uh, on Twitter, Sean Murray, retweeted him, but uh, his wife rented out a movie theater and he got to play No Man's Sky on the movie theater screen for like three hours. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Sean Murray was super stoked on. It. He was like, "Look at this! That's awesome!" Well, and because of COVID, it's like it's way cheaper now because before COVID, you had to pay like an astronomical price to watch like even the older movies. Versus now, if you you can rent it out and I think you can have up to eight people in there, 20, 20 people in there. And uh, yeah, that's a That's a party. Yeah, that's a good time. hundred bucks yeah. between 20 people. That's not bad at all. Are you allowed to bring like your own food? I don't think so. But OK, I mean, baggy, baggy pants, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. UFOs. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I just watched the Seinfeld where Kramer smuggles the coffee in, <clears throat> puts it down his pants and then spills it. <laughs> you bring in those cafe lattes? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure the the couple in front of us was sneaking in a lot of stuff because they were bulging. You could hear it. Yeah. Do they even care right now? They're probably just happy to have people in the movie theater. Yeah, they're 100 yeah, percent just happy for people to be there. It's in like the we had to go. It was an AMC, and so it's in this like all like this super old mall, which was already on the fritz. And then like we walked in there yesterday, and like. There's like parts of the ceiling that have caved in and like there's like water everywhere and half the restaurants are shut down. And I'm like, man, this is this Damn. guy hit bad. Yeah. Not here. That's don't rough. worry. They're still partying at the Bucks one. So I yeah. can't wait for, for journeys was still open. That. So that's all that matters. Ah, you get some sweet kicks. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Before we go any further, I got to do the house cleaning with kingscoastcoffee.com. Heartbreak sold out, so if you missed it, f- you. Uh, but go over to kingscoastcoffee.com and check out all the new stuff that's coming. You can also check out the new Rare Drop score on High Score Tees. I'm not saying this just because Corey's here. I say it for the past few shows I've done. You go to raredrop.co slash store, check out the store on High Score Tees, and maybe you want to poke around the rest of the High Score, uh, High score Tees site and see what else is available. 
And as always, if you'd like to support this show and all the other fun stuff that we do here, you can go to patreon.com slash rare drop. Uh, the latest thing being uh, Tim playing Hatuful Boyfriend, which is a pigeon dating simulator put out by Devolver. Uh, it was one of the weirdest and oddest experiences, and I wanted to actually ask Mike about it. Perfect segue. Do you know anything about this game? No. Do you know anything about dating simulators? Yes. You played them. Hot Daddy or something like that. Dream Daddy is the one you're Dream Daddy. referring to. That is the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the gay dad dating yes. simulator. Uh, Tim said he would have rather played that than the pigeon one. Really? The pigeon one was f***ing weird. Sweet pigeon butt to butt action? No, it was creepy. Like, mm. you played the, 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 the high school girl pigeon, and every bird had a picture of an anime character that they represented. So they humanized the birds to the point where they attend school. Yeah, but they would say things like, every birdie that's here instead of everybody or some birdie and it was just it was rubbing me the wrong way the whole entire time tim was doing sounds voices like, sounds like maximum effort there was a creepy really. school doctor that was offering drugs to tim's character at one point it was what what is this called waifu pigeons hotoful boyfriend mm, spell that h a t o f u l boyfriend devolver made it Definitely sounds like the oh, weirdest wow. game possible that you could play. Oh, wow. Mm -mm, I'm sure there's weirder. That's true. Wait, wait. Is the whole game with real life pigeons? Yeah. Oh, they're not all pigeons. They're different types of birds. But they're real birds. Yeah. Like the doc. It's just a picture. The doctor or the school nurse one was a partridge. The thick boy. <laughs> I'm watching the trailer right now and it's. Yeah. Yeah. It's a picture of a real bird. Yeah. Not cartoon. The Tim this beat the hilarious. game because there's there's like this athletic pigeon. Sorry, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> and basically, he offered to go on some sort of drug infused spirit journey with the the one pigeon. And the pigeon was like, "Yeah, let's go." And the game was over. And we were like, "Hold on, I just saw a pigeon named Blaster and a second pigeon named Stinky Beak." Those are probably custom because all of the characters in it had like crazy Japanese names. Okay, so these are like. You can make your own yeah, character. Yeah, like Tim, type Tim's game. character was Timmy, Timmy Uwu Thiku. Was I'm sorry. Name. Whoever came up with Stinky Beak is a genius. <laughs> this is an overwhelmingly positive review on Steam. I'll just let you know. There's a lot of weird people with bird fetishes. Yeah, people like you. I mean, I don't know about bird fetish. Japanese bird shit. <laughs> I saw is... this new Final Fantasy stuff. Mike, did you want to comment on that before we get into stuff? I am very excited. Is it was very it was just excited. a leak, right? No. So they had to cancel all fan fests. Yeah. Obviously, because obviously. of the pandemic. So technically, at the, by this point, we would have two fan fests out, two fan fests worth of information. So they kind of did an online segment and showed us one new job that's coming out and a bunch of other stuff. More importantly, or more important, more important, whatever. More importantly. Yeah, right. Sounds right. They are. Yeah, they are finishing every everything that has been the story of Final Fantasy 14 up to this point. They are finishing Final Fantasy 14. The story arc, as it's been known, is done as of 6.0. <laughs> They're what? wrapping it up. Hmm? And then what? Dick, brand new, completely new, brand new story coming after it. Like you can make a new character or no, your character will follow through, but it's a completely new story arc. Oh, Okay. New world and everything too. Mm -hmm. So the whole Heidelin Zodiac is done. So I don't know if they're going to move away from the same city states we've been going to, or if they're going to bring new ones in. I know they're bringing in new worlds with 6.1, but it's uh, I'm extremely excited because I blazed through 2.x, like skipped every cutscene, And I know, true hardcore Final Fantasy fiends would crucify me for it, but I skipped the story just because I wanted to get to current content. <laughs> Not paid for a skip, but I just blazed through. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Rob is very excited too, so. <laughs> hey, man, he's got fairies now, just like I do, so. <laughs> he's not even playing well. Uh, he's playing Cyberpunk now. They, oh. 
Remember the other day, he's like, well, I like Valhalla, and I'm like, probably not, and I don't want to sit here and listen to you shit on the game I'm currently playing, so buy something else, and he was like, I'm going to get Cyberpunk, and now he's like, (laughs) Cyberpunk. What is is Valheim? Valheim is a Viking survival game, so think like uh, the the Conan, or uh, I don't know, what's another survival game? It was Seven Days to Die, The Forest, Mm -hmm. all those games. It's just Viking mm. survival. I have no interest in survival games. Conan's the only one I kind of mildly enjoyed, but you could also choose your dong size in that, so it was kind of fun. Ooh. Yeah, in Cyberpunk too. Do you play Final Fantasy, Corey? I don't. I was actually Damn. about to ask you, Corey, what are you playing now? I know you're in a Sea of Thieves hiatus, right? Break, yeah, I played kind of. I played Sea of Thieves. Um I really haven't played much, to be completely honest. Um I played Sea of Thieves the other day. I actually fired up Gears of War five. Uh, I beat that. That was fun. Yeah, I played all those games like when I was younger. Um, I would say like the last game other than Sea of Thieves that I took a deep dive into would have been like Zelda Breath of the Wild because I that was or like any of the Zelda games are my like go to video game play that and like Super Smash Brothers. So I was always a Nintendo kid. So you don't play anything that's like game of service or anything? Well, I guess Sea of Thieves would be considered that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I actually played that Friday. So the high score team, like we all, I was like, hey, we've had a long week. Everyone kind of has that game. So we played a little bit of it. Um, but, you know, we saw like nobody on the seas. And so we just kind of sailed around, did a quest, like one of the storyline quests and then called it a day. I, Wait, you didn't see anybody? Mm-mm. Like the whole like so it, it it's weird like if you play on like a Friday night uh, I feel like you run into like a lot of people but some days huh. you'll play and like you won't see anybody like the whole time and you just like sail around so it's in uh is that like a monotonous experience well if you're going out to like go and find people to kind of you know test your skills or, or mess with them or steal their stuff then it's frustrating to just sail around and mm. never find anyone but um. I mean, they have like the arena mode if you want to do like pure PVP, but oh, okay. yeah, so it's it, I just like the adventure mode because I, I just like to kind of, you know, natural organic experiences and kind of run into people randomly. But I haven't played like so when the game first came out, I played all the time, like every night would would fire it up. Yeah, that was play. a rager. A lot of people. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then it just kind of. I don't know. I I feel like the game's in a weird place because I know that they just opened up like their version of like a battle pass season. Um, I haven't really dove into it much, but um, Mm. I also played on Xbox for the longest time and I finally got a PC. So I'm like trying to learn to do mouse and keyboard and everything. And it's just like (laughs) (laughs) it's like if we run into if I ever run into anybody, I'm like, all right, let me get the controller so I can actually be competent. (laughs) I'm not losing this shit. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's weird because between all the stuff that we're working on and, and, and then, you know, trying to see my family as much as possible, video games have kind of gotten the shaft on everything, but I still stay up Mm. to date on everything. So I was going to play cyberpunk, but it didn't have the best reviews. So I kind of, I haven't had, I've had like a few glitches, but nothing outside of the realm that I wouldn't get in a new Bethesda game. So I've been fine with the 20 something hours, but I've now turned all of my attention to Valhalla because the game's just so damn big. And I'm like, I need to like stop piecemealing it. And just, that's what I need to play when I have time. Yeah. So yeah, my son was playing, um, uh, Minecraft Dungeons yesterday with Rob's kid. Rob's one of the old hosts from the old show. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I, you know, I don't like to play Valhalla in front of the children because I'm like decapitating people, and, <laughs> you know. So they were playing. So I got like two hours yesterday to, to dive in. Nice. My understanding with Cyberpunk was the PC version ran pretty well if you had decent heart, like if you had pretty good hardware. Yeah. You were okay. I mean, even next gen looks good. It's not gorgeous, like crazy on point PC, but on a 4K TV, I've never sat there and been like, this looks like shit, you know? <laughs> so what what was the major complaint with with, with the console? Previous gen was horrible. It and looked did really not, gen. Did not deliver at all. Also, okay. the Xbox okay. One S does not deliver the same experience. No, Series S does not deliver the same experience as the Series X. Okay. There are hardware hardware differences. They're slight, but for Cyberpunk, it makes a big difference. Mm. 
Got you. The other game about- I played uh, a lot recently, or not recently, but uh, in the recent past was uh, the God of War, the one where he's in um, the Viking kind oh, of lore. That game was phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. I think they're coming out with a second that. one, right? This year, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that game was uh, that game was a trip. I, I uh, that was one of my best experiences on Mixer, like yeah. the ones I can count on one hand. But that was one of the best experiences <laughs> I had while streaming there, because that was when the platform was hopeful and they were like, "We're gonna push all games," and they did a full God of War takeover, and I was front page for like five days straight for twelve hours nice. every day playing that game. And you know, it was like, it's amazing what happens when you actually push your broadcasters that you're invested <laughs> in. Wow, that's weird. I was, uh, but I was, <laughs> I was recovering from knee surgery, and so I couldn't move. I couldn't go anywhere, and so I, I fired that Play up and, and played right through it. Play video games. That's it. Mike, you never beat. Mike never beats games. He starts them and never beats them. That's me ninety yeah. percent of the time. Frustrated. All right, so you're in good company yeah. then. Yeah. I, <laughs> I I still have to complete it. My brother blitzed. He like couple days like, it's the most amazing thing yeah. in the world if i hadn't if i hadn't like literally couldn't do anything i probably wouldn't have finished it but like in that time span is when i i, I beat breath of the wild i beat god of war i think there was a third game that i played too oh my god you went hey yeah i, I couldn't i couldn't finish breath of the wild i just did not like this the way the game worked it's i didn't just, like the way the game worked i thought it was ambitious like transforming it to an open world type scenario but like it didn't it's one like so like when, when I played Ocarina of Time, like I played it over and over and over and over mm-hmm. versus Breath yeah, of the same. Wild. I kind of was like I got through it and then I got like the the luchador outfit and then I was like, all right, I'm good. So probably the most contentious thing about that, about Breath of the Wild was the weapon the system. Weapon system yeah. How did you off. feel about that? I didn't like it. Yeah, mo- I feel like most is like I Rob was an avid hater of it. Yeah. And I didn't mind it at first because there was tons of shit laying around right. and then as i played further in the game i was like it's not as good and is not it felt like, like my investment into the game wasn't worthwhile because the thing that i invested in was just going to break at some point right, right. and that's and tor- as you played on that's ex- i kind of gra- so and i'm sure if rob was here he would say yeah i know i'm always right but <laughs> he was right in early on yeah yeah about that mechanic well, i didn't like that like so like it, yeah, it was like you didn't want to like you didn't want to use your weapon because if it if it broke it was done like you could there was yep. no you yep. know and then it was like okay here's another stick I guess I'm gonna use this for a little bit and so right. once you got the master sword it was it was decent but then you know you'd have to you'd break it and then you'd have to sit around and wait on it and yeah. then the thing I didn't like that you had to do these like the the temples. They just got super repetitive the after a while. The shrines, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, pu- the puzzles. I didn't like yeah. them after a while either. So it was like, like I missed the like themed, like hard themed dungeons. So it's like, oh, this is yeah. the shadow temple. Oh, this is the fire one. The like desert one. Yeah, yeah, like all like I liked that. And I liked kind of the story order versus like it was almost like it was kind of to me, it was hindered because there was almost like too much freedom to where. It was like, okay, because I feel like there was one of the I don't remember which one because it's been a while, but there was one of the temples that like if you had you had gotten one of the power ups from another one, it would like there was there was an order to where it would make it, quote unquote, like more manageable versus like if you didn't go in the right order, it was like some things were just like nearly impossible to do. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like there was one of the power ups that you needed before going to the water area. And if you had it, it helped like tremendously. But I don't remember it. Mike, there was a couple parts where I would bring up like a YouTube video and watch mm-hmm. for those shrines mm-hmm. like, how to get through. Uh-huh. I, I, I towards towards the end of my play session of that, I, I just same deal. I started getting fed up to the point where I was like, I just really don't feel like trying to figure these puzzles out. Yeah, just I just want to get through it. So just, Ocarina is your favorite, Corey. What Mike yeah. was your favorite one? Yeah, Ocarina. See, mine's linked to the past. That one is just really I think that one. I think that is the most perfect video game ever. And if they adapted a remake of that, they did a remake of it. No, I mean, Mm -hmm. like Final Fantasy seven style third person, you know, from behind, like looking like Breath of the Wild without Uh, the cell shading. Gotcha. Gotcha. Make it an actual RPG. People would some I feel like so many people would hate it. But man, I would I would jump at that. How did you feel about Majora's Mask? I liked Majora's Mask. It was it was hard. It's the hardest one, Mm. in my opinion. It is. Um, because it was and it took me long the longest to like get through. Um, 
but I, I liked the idea of it. I liked the concept of it. I didn't like the, the clock thing, like the three days. Yeah, that was that would get kind of annoying after a while. But I thought it was that's one that I feel like they could like kind of tune up and, and redo. But I liked going through the different yeah. masks and getting to play as the different characters and races and stuff like that. Um, I actually really liked Twilight Princess. That's probably my second favorite one. Um, which I know is I some people after like the it. Wii one, which was the Wii one. That was, so Skyward Sword. That was the last one I played up until Breath of the Wild. I yeah. didn't play anything and I never played any like Game Boy or any of those games either or, or DS ones. I played a handful of them. I went like I so I went back and played a lot of them after they had come out. So like I kind of stopped after Majora's Mask and then I played um I played Wind Waker because my my best friend that I grew up with, he was obsessed with that game. So yeah. I played it with him. And and then when Twilight Princess came out, like it, it's funny because like so I, I every like Nintendo console I've bought, I bought it because like a Zelda game was coming out. So like mm-hmm. I bought the Wii because a Zelda game was coming out. I bought the um, uh, the switch because, you know, Breath of the Wild was coming out. I bought, you know, all those games because. I just wanted to play the that's like, new Zelda game. <laughs> that's like me with PlayStations. Yeah. Buy PlayStations because from software stuff come, comes out on that. Right. I need you to play Ghost of Tsushima, bud. I really do. I own it. I, I just, I have to, you know, install it. I fired it, it up on PS5 <laughs> right. just to see. And oh my God, on my telephone. I know it's upscaled 4K and it's not real, <clears throat> but I don't really care. Um, I, We talked about it a few weeks ago, Corey, but I mm-hmm. said... You know, out of all the games that came out on PS4 that they brought to PS5 that you could tell, like, these games were made for next gen, not necessarily the last one. Yeah. Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima were the two that I played. I can't emotionally handle playing The Last of Us again. Maybe, like, five, ten years down the road I will because I I, I told the story. I finished it on stream. And I was like, all right, good night. Everyone have a good one. I turned off the stream. I walked out. I poured a glass of scotch. And my, my wife was like, are you OK? And I just went outside in the back. And I was like, yeah, I just just finished The Last of Us. So I'll be OK. <laughs> but Ghost of Tsushima was it was my game of the year last year. That game was phenomenal, flawless. There was nothing wrong with it. And then I fired it up on my TV in the living room. And I was like, oh, my God, this is this is heaven. This is <laughs> this is this is it. Um so I'll probably I'll probably go right now. My cue is this. I want to finish Valhalla. I want to play Cyberpunk. I've never played Dragon Age Inquisition, so I want to play that. Oh, my I've wife. I've never played Shad- Shadow of War. Dragon so Age. I want to play that. I beat Mordor. I want to play War now. Mm. Um, and then from there, I'm thinking about seeing if I have time to play through the Arkham series again before Gotham, Gotham Knights comes out. Which, Mike, we need to coordinate on that, sir. I'm down. But can we do console? If I don't know if it's cross-play. Do you have a Sam's Club membership that I can jump on? Yeah. <laughs> Corporate. All right. Well, then it's Sam's Club is the way to get the PS5, you so I'm there. make fun of me for getting my PS5 from Sam's Club, but who's the <laughs> only one that has this PS5 you. right now? It's not It's not you. It's I, I think Tim when I say it. Tim told every, me. He's a get it know, at Sam's every, Club. Every tweet that I saw complaining, not complaining, but every tweet that I saw about it was from him in reference to Sam's Club. Does he know how much we we fucking give him shit on here? Tim? Yeah, I hope so. I've been telling him about it at the gym. I told him about the Wayne thing. He said he started the episode and didn't hear it yet. Last time I I spoke to him about it. Awesome. Poor Tim. Tim. You know, Tim is is very into his fitness, Corey, and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. So Wayne from King's Coast was on like two or three episodes ago and called Tim a fat piece of shit and told him to get (laughs) get good and (laughs) work out more. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) And then they had it out in the coffee chat. It was hilarious. Tim (laughs) was like, isn't there isn't there some sort of dock worker barista person you need to go whack off or something? (laughs) Wayne's like, I've been up packaging up those beans. (laughs) (laughs) Tim, you know, to the Facebook people, Tim roasts, sits there and roasts them by hand, you know, in his off, in his downtime. Right. And packages them out and sweats on them and sends them out. I guess Tim wants to start having to get up at four instead of 430. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to kiss every bag before it goes out. (laughs) Um, Do... Do you, what, Mike, what did you think about 
Warner Brothers patenting the Nemesis system from yeah. Shadow of, of War and Shadow. So Mordor. I've seen I've seen the arguments like um, I don't want to say who I saw this from, but if you know, then you know. Somebody they made the argument that this is another step in the direction where video games aren't viewed as art; they're viewed as something else. Um, what is this? So Warner Brothers patented their Nemesis system. Have you have you played the uh, Lord of the Rings games from that? Oh yeah. So they patented the Nemesis system, which I believe really was it in the first one. Yes, but they refined it, it in really, the second one. I haven't played really the second got, one yet, but it was in the first yeah. It got developed. I so I played a little bit of the second one, and it really kind of it came into its own with the second game. Is this it, like from with how I Shadow of Mordor? Yeah, yeah, where basically the Nemesis yeah. system is the system that has the enemies remember you. Yeah. And they act, talk, and fight based on everything that you did with them before. Right. So let's mm-hmm. say you stab an orc in the in the eye, and he loses his eye. He'll come back. You know, let's say he lives through the fight. He'll come because right. they they can run away. Yep. He'll come back with like the patch or the the metal thing over his eye and be like, "You took my eye," yeah, and then yeah, yeah. you can't, you won't be able to get that move in. Yep. Yeah. So that's yep. the system. While I think. That it could be incorporated into other games and it could be incorporated really well, be really cool. People, I think, again, are failing to recognize this as a business. And really, what does Warner Brothers have that sets them apart gaming wise? Nothing. I mean, right. (laughs) So if this is what you have going for you and you develop this or you paid for it to be developed, it's kind of how I feel like about first first party exclusives. If you're paying for this thing that sets you apart from everybody else in the crowd, I mean, I, I kind of get it. I don't think it's as egregious as Activision patenting that algorithm that fucks you in the end because you didn't buy this fucking uh, microtransaction weapon that cost 35 bucks. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you lose to this guy who has this gun. Then all of a sudden the store shows you the gun discounted for $35 like. That's way worse to me than this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that's that's predatory. This is literally a game system. You can't really get mad at them for right. its technology. But people are really, really, really upset about it. I mean, people complain about everything, so it's no surprise. Wait, to me. what are they it's mad business. about? Uh, they're mad that they're not leaving it open source for other devs to use the same exact technology. Mm. Now, there's the, someone broke down the verbiage, and there's plenty of ways to tweak it and use it on your own without you know, doing exactly what they do. They're just basically saying the exact way they did it. No one else is allowed to do it. Yeah. So they can take other IPs and do the same thing. I don't see anything wrong with that personally. Me, I mean, me neither. Like I said, this this is another (laughs) point where I guess people are like overly passionate and you're just not seeing it for what it is. It's a business. At the end of the day, it is a business. (laughs) Salaries need to be paid. And I mean, there's overhead so, like this is something that's going to sell their games. Yep. Because now they can say, uh, you know, featuring the nemesis system. And exactly. Things like that. Only here. Right. Only on Warner Brothers games. Um, exactly. I'm curious if They'll they're going to adapt it to for more Lord of the Rings games as Lord of the Rings comes back into our our frame of reference when it comes to uh the new Amazon show. He was about to say they're probably going to expand on it. Like, otherwise, why would you hold on to that? Could well, you imagine if they implemented that into the Lord of the Rings MMO? They can't. Oh. It's Amazon. I know, but I'm saying. Imagine. Could you imagine? <laughs> it won't. It's Amazon. I've seen. Speaking I've, of which, I've seen New World is having mega issues behind the scenes. By the I way, I was just going to bring up Amazon Game Studio. Yeah. It's not looking good. Nope. Nope. No. I saw I saw people playing the 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 beta or whatever the test run of it and it looked cool. We we played it. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. But Amazon Game Studios as a studio is not doing well, and they're the Mm. ones. So New World is basically supposed to be the beta test for the Lord of the Rings MMO. Yeah. Um. But now things aren't looking so hot. Uh. Lord of the Rings Online though, Mike is supposedly Daybreak's. Um. Uh, earnings report, not earnings report. Basically, their investor deck leaked, and they they want to bump up all the graphics and change a lot of the stuff. And there's talk in there about bringing it to console, 
which I thought was very interesting. That's the way they should do it. So we'll see what happens will, with Lord of the Rings will, Online, too. Their player base will boom overnight. Right, especially if they're ready by the time the Amazon show goes live. You can, you can. That would be. I'll, I'll, I'll jump into that at that point. People have wanted Swotor on on console for years. I would play it and stream it, and people be like, "Is this on console? Is this on console?" Um, so why not? Why not? I don't know. We'll see. I would love for Swotor to get some love. It's the only. It's the only thing in the Star Wars universe that is still sold and marketed that is not part of. Disney canon. Are you a Star Wars guy, Corey? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've designed stuff for Star Wars, but um, no. I try to keep. What you design for Star Wars? Uh, I've designed a handful of shirts. Um, I've did some stuff for the Mandalorian. I did some stuff for the older movies, the new movies when they kind of came out. Um, it, it's like a wide range of stuff. I can find a few of them and send them to you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was more like, I guess my fandom has always been into more of like, like horror movies. Um, and then I also liked like the Marvel stuff, but horror movies is like my, like Mike loves. Horror I just, movies. I just watched Leprechaun the other day. <laughs> you told would. my wife about it. I was like <laughs> so bad, but I still, I still have to watch them all. Yeah. Does that's Alan that, like <laughs> horror movies too. Mike, what does Allie like horror movies too? No, you just watch them alone. No, I've been trying to get her to watch uh, the new It was on HBO or something. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, let's watch, let's watch it. She's like, does your wife like them, Corey? Yeah, my wife likes them probably more than I do. Oh, okay. which is perfect. Yeah, I but, hate horror movies. Ugh. Can't do it. I like them. It's just like I like the older ones because I feel like new horror movies. Like nobody can end a new horror movie. Yeah, it seems really repetitive now. Yep. You're either remaking something old or it's just some supernatural thing. Yep. Well, and then it's like, so like my best example is like Sinister. The first 45 minutes of Sinister is like edge of your seat, just like what in the world is going on? And then, you know, the guy comes out and you're like, oh boy, who is this? You know, it's like, I don't know. It's just like, (laughs) oh, you lost me. And then, and then it ends and you just leave and you're like, ugh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's like, but then like, like I, I even like some of the weirder ones. Like, have you seen uh midsummer? Mm-mm. Yeah, that one's, that one's a trip. What was the one Rob just said he watched a, it was like a horror thriller. He said it was really good, but it was semi obscure. We haven't seen it or heard about it. I think it was sinister. Um, one of the best sinister one. I like more of the like thriller ones. And so there's one, it was on Netflix for a long time. It was called the guest. And it's really good. So it's more. Was that it? It's more of a thriller, but it's not so much. Um, not so much like horror, but it's got like you know some super soldier type stuff in it. That might. Have, did you watch the the House on Haunted Hill series on Netflix? Yes. Did you like it? I liked the first one. I didn't finish the second one. It just kind of that's the, it just kind of dragged on for me. It's kind of what I'm what I'm gathering. Yeah. I still have yet to watch it. Yeah, it's the first one was good. Um, but yeah, the second one, I, I just I don't know. I never I didn't. I I it's like like my time is like so precious that like in order to get into like a show or a series or anything like that or like a movie, yeah. I like will like make a determination like within the first like 30 minutes. And if it like doesn't grab me right there, uh-huh. I'm out. Or you just have to go through knee surgery again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that too i mean technically <laughs> you could probably work still during recovery oh, though so, right, Corey? yeah last time so like i was in a I was in a recliner for two months like couldn't couldn't walk anything because i just destroyed my knee so we bought this table and it had wheels on it we put the computer on it so we would roll it over the recliner i would work all day and then we would just roll it off to the side and then i'd basically watch <laughs> movies and play video games she got that for rob for christmas mike <laughs> oh my god he would never he would never get up it he will that shit in the bathroom when he's going to take a dump. That's such a good idea, though. I love it. Well, I mean, it was one of those things where, like, I, I, you know, like hands were fine, and I, you know, I was freelancing, so I couldn't, I couldn't not work because it was basically if I didn't work, there was no money coming in. So, uh, and this was before, you know, we had our son, so it was just basically like just a a fest of 
eating terrible food, working and playing mm. video games and movies. And that's what I the, we, like awesome. did for three months. It was so the bad. Dream. <laughs> the dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then when you start trying to walk again, you're like, whoa, there's an extra 30 pounds here. Where did that come from? <laughs> oh, no, dude. I just started running again and my knees kill. I get on the scale and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, 20. It's a pain. 20, so I like after that, like 2019, I spent the the whole year like losing all that weight and like was just like on such a good course going into 2020. I was like, this is the year I'm healthy. Everything's going well. Business is booming. And then boom, COVID. Boom. I'm like, oh, start all over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Still waiting to press that reset button. Yep, I yep. have to I have to stretch more than I ever have now. I realize that I you know, I was, yeah, I when think I was like 25, really I would go to the gym, just, you know, get just pump it out da, 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 and leave. Didn't really stretch, didn't really do it. Now it's like if I don't stretch, I'm I'm going to be in big trouble later. So do the weird walk yoga, when you wake up. Yoga fitness. I take Advil after the gym sometimes. It's, it's a whole <laughs> new experience. I you, keep saying uh, uh, to, to Danielle, Mike. It's like Kelly on the weight loss episode when she's got like all the makeup streaming down her face and like she's sweating in her hair and she's like, I'm going to look amazing. That's how I feel. I started Um, watching um, Carnival Row on on Prime. Is that any good? So I I pegged that show completely wrong. I thought it was like some carny style show. It is not. It is a fantasy steampunk world. Yeah, it looks dark. It, It is. And I think cool. you would like it, so I think you should I'm give in. it a try. Allie would probably I'm be in. into it because Danielle is now she she does. I try and watch something on my own, and she does what I call hijack my shows. <laughs> so she'll come sit next to me like ten minutes in, and she'll be, "Oh, this is good. What do you? What is this show?" <laughs> and then we get she's like, "Don't start another episode without me." And I'm like, "This is my show. You have your shows. This one is mine." <laughs> So now I have to wait for her to watch episode three. We have to finish Viking. She gets to watch Bridgerton, Real Housewives of wherever the and it's <laughs> damn you. Now you're adding more shit to my list right now. But now when I have time, I can't watch something because I I'm at the point too where it used to be like I have time. Let me play video games mm-hmm. now by 930. If I haven't turned the game on by eight, I'm not playing. I'm going to lay in bed and watch something because I just can't. I, I just want to lay down and, and not deal with anything so yeah. now if i have that time i now have to find another new show to watch because she even when i was watching dark side of the ring uh the the vice wrestling documentaries oh yeah she started it towards the end of season two she's like oh what's the next one i'm like you don't even know who these people are <laughs> <laughs> did you watch just those, don't Corey? start anything new uh i'm watching uh attempting to watch wandavision right now you didn't watch Dark Side mm. of the Ring, though. Oh, oh, uh, no, I haven't watched it. I've, I've, oh. I've read about it. Um, so, like, I'm obsessed with documentaries. Like, I love watch, watching documentaries. My wife does not like watching them because, uh. you know, um, that sounds stupid. <laughs> not that she, <laughs> she's, <laughs> yeah, she's sitting right here. Not that it's just like basically like, uh, uh with like shitty times the past you know x amount of years uh it was like i don't want to watch a sad documentary so it was more yeah. along the lines of that but the owen was, hart one made my wife cry yeah that one would probably make me cry that was and it was i i learned things i did not know and how negligent they were and it, was that one, it upset me like i was upset and then i was like oh i guess i'm going to bed and i'm gonna have nightmares about people falling so right <laughs> that one was a that one was a rough one. Uh, I also finished the QAnon documentary on Vice uh, oh last boy. weekend. Oh dear lord! Because Pete dropped it into our chat, Mike, the first episode, and then Danielle uh, took and you were hooked. Took the kids to her parents, and I was home alone, and I was like, "Oh, I should finish that QAnon." I watched one episode, and I was like, "I hope there's more." And I go to Hulu, and I'm like, "Yes, all three episodes." Oh my no! <laughs> I think to this day, still one of the heavier, like no miss phenomenal. What? But. A miss. What's that? It's the Eagles of Death Metal documentary. Oh, yeah. I Dude. feel like I started that and didn't finish it, and I don't know if why. You, I mean, it's heavy. It's sad. It's heavy, but it's really good. Really good. Like, if you haven't seen it, it's worth at, le- at least one watch. The last documentary we watched was the one about um, it was one. It was that cult. What was it called? 
Um, no, not Wild Wild Country. That one's good too. That one was crazy. I, I I need to watch that. This is the one where the cold. They're based out of Albany, New York. Nexium. Oh, I saw that was on like Showtime or something, right? Yeah, it's on HBO. Yeah, we didn't finish it because that was another one where it was like it was like stretched out to eight episodes. But like it was like for an entire episode, it'd start off with a question and then like it took an hour to answer it. And it was like we could have we could have done this in like 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 (laughs) I don't have that much time. Like, come on, like, let's go get to the point. Um, The the Heaven's Gate one is on HBO, too. Yeah. But I watched two episodes of that. That guy has crazy eyes and it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. I feel like documentaries like into like this is like I, is more like the ones I want to watch are like the the ones that are like not so much like heavy, but just like, wait, this is real. So like, have you ever heard of the one called yeah. Tickled? Mm-mm. No, it's this whole like um, you got to watch the trailer on it. But it's basically this documentary about this whole like underground scene of like basically these like you know, athletic guys are, you know, getting tricked into doing these like weird tickle fetish videos. And then like, <laughs> oh, my. Oh, and then, I need to see this. And then like there's like a uh, um, like a, but it's like the the weird thing is that like after a while, it's like uh, um, they're like whoever's making the videos is like blackmailing them. Oh, I'm so interested in whatever this is. Send me more information. Yeah, I think I, it's on I, it's on HBO. So it, it's it looks like it's on Hulu right now. Yeah. A journalist intends to document an international tickling competition for kicks. Yes. Instead, he finds bizarre and even threatening world created by a bully with deep pockets. I love this. It's on Hulu, you said? I'm seeing it on Hulu right now. Of course, the cover is a feather. Yeah. This is this is a must watch. Yeah. And like the guy who's like trying to <laughs> the guy who's trying to report on it, like they like lay into him and are basically like, we don't want you around. And he's like from New Zealand or something. It's just like it's like, oh, boy. That's that's like uh, the oh, it says right here. Two filmmakers have barely begun their reporting for this documentary when the threats from the, the private world of tickling began. Yeah. Isn't the didn't Howard Stern used to have a guy on that was like a professional tickler? Is he involved in that? Yaki. Remember Yaki? Dude. Who knew tickling was so dark? Mm -hmm. I mean, does it really shock you that much? Yes. (laughs) Doesn't shock. Well, it's like they like go to this warehouse and it's like in the middle of nowhere and they're like going to film this stuff. It's just it's really, really intriguing. So I feel like, yeah, it's more of like. Like I like I like like there's another one on Amazon and it's basically like this guy was in a plane crash and he like he survived, but his leg had to be amputated. So he preserves his leg like has it like the amputated leg. He preserves it and he puts it in a box or something in this like storage unit. Well, he doesn't pay for the storage unit. And so it ends up getting the auction. Yes. And so this guy <laughs> buys the storage unit. And he's like, he has his leg. And so then he's like, hey, man, that's my leg. Can I have it back? And he's like, no, it's mine. I bought it. And it's this whole, whole documentary about this guy trying to get his leg back. <laughs> it's, it's super. No, nah, bro, it's mine. Yeah, man. like I, I bought it. It was, it was in here. And it's like, yeah, but it's my leg. He's like, you know, then it's like, wait, why do you even have this? Like, it's so yeah it's so like so anything that's kind of like a bizarre twist on things those are my those are like my like kind of go-to documentaries versus like something that's like heavy yeah i've been watching the uh manhunts on netflix again Mm. the um atlanta olympics and the ted kaczynski yeah i really like the way they did those like they were almost like they filmed them with actors, so it was almost like you were watching a show, yeah. but it was just a reenactment of basically a documentary. Right. It was pretty good. The flip side of that, have, do you watch um, watch uh, stand-up comedians at all? Uh, I used to, not so much anymore. I listen to a lot of them. So Netflix has um, the Degenerates. I haven't seen that. It's a. It's like a. It's just like a. Each episode is a new comedian mm-hmm. and they go on season two uh jim norton's on it oh nice i fucking i fucking love jim <laughs> old jim norton and he's so good dude i mean he was good back on opie but opie and anthony but regardless 
he has this amazing point where um, comedians will get shit on for their takes and this and that, mm-hmm. yet Netflix will have series after series after series glorifying serial killers and everybody eats it up and nobody says a fucking word about it. <laughs> do you Valid point. Do you remember on Opie and Anthony when the guy admitted to murder the caller? I don't. What? I was driving to band practice from work in the city. I was driving out to, to it was a drive and then rush hour and this caller, they kept him on, literally admitted to working for the mob at one point and killing somebody while they were live on the air. Only that show. Yeah. And then they had cops and detectives <laughs> calling in like it was. Wow. I couldn't get out of the car. I was at the, I was sitting at my guitarist's house. Where we practiced in the basement. I'm just sitting there in the car like. This and they're coming amazing. out like, are you coming in? No, no, no. You can come <laughs> sit in the car with me and smoke cigarettes. But this is a whole other level of, of entertainment right now. I feel like I was. They were nuts, dude. Yeah, I was super into true crime. Uh, and then uh, when we had our son, I was like, I can't listen to these anymore. It's yeah. like, that's ex- my, my wife did the same thing. Yeah, hits a little a little too close to home. Yeah. It, it, yeah. But Speaking of comedians, Mike, I just showed Danielle uh the machine bit from Burt Kreischer. She's never seen that before. It was like uh, probably like four or five weeks ago. I showed her dude that because I remember um, when you first moved into your new house when, when we were up or down rather and we <laughs> went over the Crystalia skit yep. for the drunk girls. That's hilarious. Yeah, I just, dude, just, she's just seeing she almost it. spit her Chipotle out like, <laughs> and he's like I'm the machine that that rocketed him. Yeah, well, I mean, that is. story is. I love how he begins. He even begins the, the stand up like, don't worry, I'll tell this, the machine story. <laughs> like, that's the he, kind of feel bad for guys like that, because I don't want to say that they're. I mean, you're pigeonholed, not, but it sucks. I What's enjoy up? his comedy about his children more than I enjoy the machine bit. Oh, because and he's of, branched out across everything. He's got his own Netflix show. He's branched out like. And, and he's got, what, two or three podcasts now, all wildly successful. The period party bit. Oh, yeah. A bu- they named it. What did they name it? It's it's uh, damn it. I forget. But I immediately thought of my oldest daughter and I was like, she named it something clever. It was hilarious. Or when they were sticking their fingers in the dog's butthole. <laughs> he's like, that's disgusting. Come here. You got to show your mother. <laughs> Do you ever see her, like, his Instagram and his poor wife's walking around? Yes. I feel so bad for her. I mean, when you marry a comedian, I feel like you 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 understand the journey you're about to undertake. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. She knows exactly what she got yeah, herself into. Can, they can't be completely absolved of... of, uh, of Just uh, seems like such a kind soul. Well, that's usually who they, they have to be. Look at, look at Jim Gaffigan's wife. The shit she puts up yeah. with with him and the kids. Yeah. His favorite thing with his kids is, is that he ends one of his things talking about how they took a family trip to Mount Rushmore and how it took them so long to get there and this, that, and the other thing. And they get there. He's like, we're here. This is great. Ah. He's looking at the kids. The kids are looking back at him and they're looking up at Mount Rushmore and they're looking. And then one kid looks at him and goes, so does it like blink or something, dad? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite bit from him was from a while ago where he's like, so we're going to go on vacation and we're going to get breakfast and then we're going to go and get some snacks. And then by that time, it'll probably be, you know, time for pre-lunch and then we'll get some, <laughs> some lunch after that. And then after that, we'll go right into dinner and then we'll go to sleep and do it again. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, that's vacation for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Though. <laughs> Oh, what a vision of health, right? His his <laughs> bit on not wanting to be at his daughter's wedding too is phenomenal. Oh, I haven't seen that. I need to. Yeah, yeah. he talks because she he's like sitting on the the couch eating a pint of ice cream, <laughs> and his wife's like, "Are you going to finish that?" And he goes, "I hope so." <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "Don't you want to be alive for your daughter's wedding?" No. <laughs> Why not? This is a really expensive, terrible party that I have to pay for. <laughs> Then he goes into a bit about weddings and how the best is when he does the invitation. And he's like, if they're always like old English, like with with weird uh, text. And it's like uh, <laughs> the Honorable Kingslayer invites you <laughs> to the wedding of his eldest daughter, 
<laughs> and her living boyfriend of seven years. <laughs> <laughs> her living. <laughs> oh, man. Corey, tell us, uh, you've had a crazy journey when it comes to your job in design and stuff. Mm-hmm. Tell us like some of the more interesting things that you've gotten to do and you know, if you have any cool or weird stories that Mike and I can comment on on you know, you worked in the, in the in New York City for a while, you've yeah. done music, you've done sports, you've done movies, entertainment. Um I, I feel like I've talked about a lot of the the cool things I've done. Here's some here here's here's my favorite story on uh Yes on learning like because a lot of the time you have to explain and kind of educate your client, because if they're not from like, you know, if they're not a Warner or a Disney, which they have an art department, they understand what you're talking about. But when you get, you know, random Joe Schmo, who's like, Hey, I want a t-shirt and I can afford this. Um, so this one time I was doing a, it was, it was an illustration for a, um, like a race, like a, like a marathon. So the guy wanted a skeleton cause it was like, I think it was there was like something with archaeology. And so he wanted a skeleton and like saying something like running through history or something like that. And it was going to have like the skeleton running through, like looking like it was coming towards you on the front, busting through the shirt. And then there was like a ribbon across the front of it. So I did this whole illustration. We went through the sketches, went through everything. And we get to the end and he's like, this is really cool. What do you think about on the back? having the back of the skeleton. So it, it looks like it went through, through, you know, through the shirt. I'm like, cool. That'll be, uh, you know, I can do that, but you'll have to pay an extra design fee because I have to draw the back of it. <laughs> he goes with the utmost confidence goes, nah, just flip it around. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, that's how anatomy works. What, what do you oh mean? What do you mean? Flip it around. <laughs> He's like, when you turn that design around, you'll see the back of it. Slap that on the back of the shirt, and I'm like, "That's that's that's not that's not oh how God. not how this works. It's not it's not like a 3D thing. Like I drew the front of it, now I have to draw the back of it." And he goes, "Nah, my 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 cousin does this all the time. Like we can just flip it around. I don't need to pay an extra fee." And so I said, "Look, you already like he had already paid for it at that point." So I was like, "I'm going to give you the file, and I'm going to give you all weekend." If your cousin can flip this around, I'll refund you your money. So Monday he comes back and he goes, we're just going to leave the black, uh, the, the back blank. <laughs> so they spend the whole weekend flipping it around and not figuring out how that works. Probably. That, if his cousin does it all the time, why didn't his cousin do it to begin with? Exactly. A 2D flat image. Oh, the, the stories of my, my buddy and my friend. My buddy and my friend, oh, they sure. do everything. Oh, my buddy did this. <laughs> my, my friend, where'd your logo come from? My buddy did it. Can I get in touch with them? Nah, he's, you know, most of the time you find out he's in the Philippines and he he's, you know, on vacation. It's like, oh. Okay. Yeah, he just got drafted into the military. Sorry, he'd be unable to speak with you about this right. logo. <laughs> right. So a lot of, I mean, and too, like a lot of times we can kind of like pry into like, well, where'd you get this? Well, where's the high res? Well, why can't we get that file? Yeah. You know, and then eventually it's just like, I, I sometimes I just wish people would be like upfront and be like, I got this off Google. I need a new one. Perfect. We can do that. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, that like <laughs> stuff like that, like, you know, kind of happens often or, you know, someone will. You know, the thing that cracks me up, too, is like, like, I obviously I know this world. I've done it for a very long time. And so then when people kind of tell me how to do something, it's like, uh, OK. So a lot of the times what I like to do is just to like, like, say, like, OK, here you go. Like, if if you actually think that this is how this is done, then you, then you do it. And then and then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, I got to liken it your world probably a lot to a tattoo artist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. Oh, and that's you get to a point. That's the other question I get all the time is like, can you draw my tattoo? And it's like, I could, but then you're going to give it to a tattoo artist and Another they're going to draw it. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Like, let them do it. So it's, I, I, that will boggle my mind till the day I die. Why you don't want the person that's actually going to do the tattoo to draw the tattoo itself. So right. you trust them to take a needle with ink to your skin. That will be Basically, you won't be able to change it, and you can, but you know what I mean, right? But you want someone else to draw the drawing, 
not the guy that has the needle to your skin. Right. Got it. I think the other thing that blows my mind, too, is the amount of people who think that like doing the like doing art is is free. Oh, that's a yeah. whole other conversation. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's like, you know, like I'll, I constantly get the like, well, you do this for fun, right? And it's like, no, <laughs> I mean, I enjoy my job, but it's still a job. You know, I, I, I use right. like this is how I, you know, feed my family and, and pay for bills um, or the like, I'll pay you an exposure. Ah, uh, that's a classic. Fuck that. We call that exposure bucks. Yeah. Exposure bucks. That's that's fuck that's that. I don't get. So I don't get those as much anymore, but I used to get those Good. a lot. And then um, like a lot of times I'll like show people stuff and they're like, I'll show them a design for Disney and they'll be like, man, this is so cool. Can you imagine if Disney like sold this? And I'm like, it's not very hard because they're they're doing it right now. And then they'll be like, (laughs) yeah, right. I'm like, no, no, this like go to your local Target like you can get this. And they're like, "Okay, buddy. (laughs) this is what i was hired to do like i don't what what do you okay like you know (laughs) yeah no that's bull i mean everything you do is time especially when you you know you're you own kevin knows when you own your own company or or you work within your own partnerships your time is money every minute that you're not investing into your company it's money lost yeah it's bullshit. Yeah. And I, there was a fucking you there was do a comic this for fun. Do it for free. There was a comic years ago that said, you know, something about exposure bucks. And then the artist replied, like, do you know how much uh, a carton of orange juice costs in exposure bucks as compared to dollars? I'm not sure. I'm just trying to figure this all out. <laughs> <laughs> the conversion rate. <laughs> right. Or then, you know, like we, we'll we'll get people, you know, and two, like I, I we've we've encountered this more in like the streaming spaces where you have to kind of explain why branding is important. And, you know, we typically will tell people like, all right, when you go to the store, if you see this like really bad, gaudy designed label versus this really nice designed label, which one do you pick? And it's, you know, you're going to typically pick the one that looks better because it looks more professional. And if you don't know the product, you're going to go, well, this one looks like it'll probably do a better job. And yeah, you don't necessarily want death metal writing as your logo. Right, exactly. And so it's just like, you know, kind of explaining, you know, this is why you need branding. This is why you need merch. This is why this. So because like with in the music industry, it was like they they were coming to us because it was just like you go on tour, you have merch, you have a web store, you have merch versus with like streamers, you know, a handful of them have this experience of putting their logo on a T-shirt and then saying like, well, merch doesn't sell. It's like, well, you don't you don't have merch. If you had merch, if you had nice designs, then, you know, we could probably get somewhere and, you know, get some traction going and expand on your brand. And so that's now do you guys do you encompass horizontally like a lot, not just are you guys doing full graphic design packages with merch and and giving the files for web uh, like web development as well? So with high score, we just do merch like it's specifically like merch design um mm-hmm. but with monster lagoon which is my other company that's where we do the full branding package so so you're able to offer that across the yeah. board so monster lagoon is that's basically awesome. you pay for branding high score you don't pay for it that's our system is we sign you on and then mm-hmm. um you know as essentially the idea is like we're investing in you and so as you make sales we generate profit and then we pay you for you know because it's your brand sweet so it's it's two kind of it's two different models. So a lot of people mm-hmm. will come to us at high score and they won't have branding. And so we'd say, like, well, go over to this company because that's where we do all of that. So because ideally, like with high score, Legit. you shouldn't go like you shouldn't go to a merch company to get your logo like that's not right. That's that's kind of working backwards. So we try to explain that to people. And like I can do a full merch line with no branding like that's not a problem. Um, or no logos. Your brand is kind of like how you represent yourself on your stream, your colors you use. Like if you like skulls, we can incorporate, you know, kind of generic skulls into your merch and, and go from there. But, you know, you, you, you know, there's a, there's a difference in having a logo properly set up versus I found this on you know, a stock website. Right. So, and there's levels to it. I mean, some people they they can, you know, when they're starting off, they, they don't know, or they just want to get something going. And, and I understand that. I mean, to come to me is I'm expensive, you know, but I've worked a long time to get there. So, but eventually once you're taking it seriously and getting to that next level, you should visually represent that as well. 
you're paying for quality. Again, I liken that to the tattoo world. You know, yeah. you're not. You go to a, a, you know, like a franchise s because they exist chain type tattoo places. Yeah. Flat rate fee of fifty dollars for whatever some flash art off the wall. That's the quality tattoo you're going to right. get. You go to a guy who's two hundred dollars an hour. Yeah, exactly. Way better. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah, I, and two. I'm of the school of thought that like if you want something nice, you, you know, you pay for it. Pay once. Yep. Pay once. Be done with it. Right. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. So, um, trying to think if there's any other knucklehead stories. Dude, I had this problem. I'm not. I'm not going to mention the company that I bought this product from. It was a great product. I just me being. It actually comes down to me being ignorant. One hundred percent. Bought this. It was a. I'm a huge FromSoft fan. Mm-hmm. Dark Souls, Bloodborne, and I saw this awesome Bloodborne hoodie. And it it's it sweet design. It had the Bloodborne logo on the front that was stitched in, and on the back it said Yarnum City Hunters, kind of like a varsity jacket type. Yeah. And it had two of the weapons crossed with the Bloodborne hat. Sweet. Yeah. Bought it, not realizing size differences us versus uk yep. <laughs> and what i thought was my size quickly became my wife's hoodie. Yep. <laughs> so now i'm fucked <laughs> i can't get that hoodie anymore oh, no. and it, she got a new one yep yep i yeah i think like on our site i think if you it might have international sizes i don't know we've had questions about that before um so we yeah i wish i had asked questions i just bought yeah we send over we send the the sizing chart <laughs> over uh yeah i mean that's this is like same thing with like amazon if you buy a pair of like if i buy something from you know japan or asia or something i have to buy like 9xl pants and i'm just like man <laughs> yeah this- exactly exactly <laughs> i should have gone like triple xl would have been right good. yeah exactly <laughs> si- yeah sizing it's it's all over the place i mean and two, it's like like we're just dealing with T-shirts like when you get into like like women's cut pants that the sizings oh, are like it, it's literally basically down to like the manufacturer. Like it's just it seems like it's almost like a free for all guess. Like so is that that's probably why like yoga pants and sweatpants are more popular across websites probably than actual because it's easier to kind of fit. Yeah. In between. Well, there's a, like there's like a I mean, that's just like such a hot trend right now, too. So that's also. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And then on top of that, because everyone's been home for the last year, like that's why you see right now the biggest trends are like the hoodie and sweatpant combos because everyone's at home. So it's more like comfortable leisure wear is is really popular and kind of bright, earthy tones um, versus like previously, like because there was a real kick for like the 90s for a while. And so now that's kind of transitioned into more like leisure kind of stay at home wear. Dude, I never even thought about the color of what you're buying equates to kind of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You actually see a trends in that. Oh, yeah. Every. Uh, yeah. No shit. Yeah. That's cool. Every year there's like the color of the year. And so like a lot of people in fashion will kind of depend on that or pick that. And honestly, what it is, is it's like it's like five guys in New York that are just like, this is popular this year. And everyone goes, OK, fucking New York. (laughs) But yeah, New York. (laughs) (laughs) I bought more sweatpants last year than I've owned since I was like a kid. So juicy sweatpants. No, no juicy. New Balance. Oh. Champion. I get the jogger ones. Adidas. I can't. Yeah. I can't do the 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 super. You know the old ones, or the ones that have no cuff at the bottom. Those drive me crazy. Oh, just the open mm-hmm. leg. Oh yeah. no, I didn't get those. They're minor. Either couple joggers or just sweatpants with the cuff at the bottom. But they're comfy. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of the Old Fashioned Podcast. Corey, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Why don't you plug all of the things that you would like to plug before we we head out? Um, so yeah, if you want to learn more about high score, it's highscoretees.com. Um, you can check out all of our stores we have. They're all for streamers that are, you know, currently active. We've got a handful of new stores coming out in the next every Friday, pretty much we're dumping a new store, uh, on the site and, you know, we'll be doing Tim and Ben's lines here soon in the very near future. Rare drop has their store open now. And, uh, we did. We actually did. We need to figure out if we're going to put that live design that we did on the site. Um, yeah, you should. Yeah, and then 
if you need any branding or graphic design, head over to monsterlagoon.com and uh, you can sign up over there and, uh, you know, get your branding done and then get ready for a merch store. Cool. That's all she wrote. That's it. That's the end of the show. Mike, I hope you have a fantastic week and I'll talk to you next week. You too, buddy. Yeah, we definitely don't talk. We only talk around the show. So probably going to talk five minutes after. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, thank you so much. You can check out Mikey's at metric underscore methods with a Z on Twitter uh, and see what he's up to. Uh, I'm Kevin X Division on Twitter and like everything I do is on raredrop.co. So just go there and and do that. Kingscoastcoffee.com. And again, if you'd like to support this show and all of the other shows that we put on, you can go to patreon.com slash raredrop. And you can also have access to Tim playing Hot Full Boyfriend. Uh, from last Friday, uh, before pigeons, fucking pigeons. Yeah, it's literally what it is. It's just Tim is a horny pigeon. Um, and uh, yeah, that's all she wrote. You all have a fantastic one and happy Valentine's Day. Even though you won't hear this till after Valentine's Day, but that's where we are right now. So I'm wishing you a happy Valentine's Day from the past. Goodbye. Mwah. <laughs>